Hey guys, and welcome back to the Walk-Ons episode two. This is Dylan Marquis, your host here with Cesar Grotto and Eric Becker. We are basically just going to jump right into it today. It's finally playoff time. Uh, we just <laughs> finished game ones and a couple game twos. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> um, finally, uh, don't have to put up with tanking teams or anything. No hey. people playing shitty. Everyone, hey. I, I, that, that wasn't a shot. That wasn't a shot. That wasn't a shot at you in particular, <laughs> um, but it's playoff time now, so everyone's trying hard. The games are really getting good. Uh, it's actually kind of causing chaos in my life because I don't want to step away from the television. I'm neglecting a lot of responsibilities and <laughs> watching everything on my phone as I walk around. Um, so first, we're just going to hit on the news. Uh, we had two kind of big things happen in the last couple of days here. First one is Luke Walton. <clears throat> if that name sounds familiar to you, it's probably because he was a pretty well-known dude uh, these last couple months. Uh, he was the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, famously uh, the flame-out team for LeBron James this year. Um, yeah, I don't really know, man. Um, so Magic stepped down as president of basketball operations. Um, you probably heard about that too. Um, basically just didn't tell anyone, <laughs> didn't tell Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, um, didn't tell their GM, didn't tell the players. He just kind of walked in front of a press conference, uh, right before their game said that, Hey guys, I'm out. Not exactly a classy move. It's a pretty shitty way to uh, to leave a job, though. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie; I've done it once before, but <laughs> <laughs> we we've all been there at least once. I think. I mean, you've got to be pretty miserable to do that, because I mean, in my experience, oh, I was, was. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's a. Uh, I mean, so I don't know, not to play devil's advocate or anything, but I feel like like Magic Johnson must have been real unhappy with the situation to do that. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, what I've been hearing is that. You know, he basically just didn't like the job. He liked bringing players in and signing deals, which, you know, as a salesperson, I totally understand that. Uh, but, you know, he wasn't really like going out and scouting, uh, scouting players or, you know, like some of these guys got to fly over to Europe and, you know, watch games in Estonia and try and pick up that, you know, clutch European player for a, you know, for a good salary cap spot on their team. I will ask this. And he wasn't though. really doing much of that. Do you guys think Magic did enough, um, as in like bringing LeBron, LeBron so, and and also maybe maybe Paul George might be on the boat, maybe not this year, but next year because of Magic, or maybe Kawhi is coming over so. next year. I think Kawhi is definitely a probably. And, I told my buddy Rafi. Um, you know, he's swearing Kawhi's going to stay at the Raptors. I told him, like, I don't know, dude. I've heard through the grapevine Kawhi wants to go back to L.A. and might want to play with LeBron. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi went to the Lakers. But that really all depends on their playoff performance this year, I think. What – to switch over to Kawhi for just a quick sec. How far do the Raptors have to go in the playoffs for him to stay in Toronto, do you think? 
honestly, <laughs> I think Kevin Durant, despite winning the championship, is gonna is gonna leave regardless. And also, I think that's the same for Kawhi. I mean, the Raptors is in Toronto, high taxes. Who wants that? Um, and it's cold. It's cold. <laughs> LA's beautiful. Yeah. He's he's an LA guy. Yeah. I all think right, right, so. Here, I think both right. those players are gone regardless if they win championships. Over or under Eastern Conference Finals. Oof. <laughs> if they made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, and would he stay? I mean, I, lo- you I said lost. I, I no, if he uh, yeah, if he lost, but I I'm kind of with Caesar here. I don't I don't see him staying, but. Kawhi has also proven to be a pretty fucking weird dude. So, I mean, he, he might. I don't know. It's whatever his uncle's telling him. Right. Honestly. So, Yikes. we just got to tap into that network. Chill out, guys. Chill out. Dude. Lonzo Ball's like the president of basketball parents over here. We're not trying to draw heat. All right. Sorry. Cue, uh, cue the Kawhi left. <laughs> Dude, we need a soundboard right, with so that. I think we, I think we all <laughs> yeah. kind of agree. Yeah, we do need a soundboard. <laughs> I think we all kind of agree. Kawhi's leaving, but all right. So let's pop back over to Magic real quick. Yeah, one of the things he touched on in his press conference is that he left the team in a good position. I don't really know. That's what I'd call it. I mean, he got them LeBron James, like it's the best player in the league. So in a sense, yes. <laughs> but at the same time, they are still. Shadow of themselves at the beginning of the season. I I don't think he left them in a better spot per se. I don't think he did. He got them LeBron, but I clearly that wasn't enough. I, I was mean, despite touching the injury. I was touching on this earlier, a little bit earlier, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe he did talk with Kawhi and like Anthony Davis and other players around the league to set up like okay next year, maybe not this year, but next year y'all are y'all are coming to L.A. and we're winning championships with LeBron. Yeah, but they got to make a bunch of trades to make that happen. You got to give up picks. You got to give up players. Like they were willing to give away like half of their roster. And at what point? I don't know. Like if you get LeBron and Anthony Davis, are you guaranteed a title? What about all the dudes around them? You need five guys on the court. You're pretty and goddamn so- close to the title with Anthony <laughs> Davis and LeBron James. I'm not going to lie. But, but that's the thing. If you're going to do all that, you need to be fucking sure you're going to win a title. So, with those two ballers on your team, yeah, but maybe like, like Paul George and LeBron James, I could see them balling out, but maybe not like getting too far. But yeah, you need some like you need one other player. I think Kyrie and LeBron, if 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 they could manage to bring Kyrie, uh, family reunion, if you could call it that, to with LeBron on the Lakers, I think they could definitely head to the finals. Um, and I think that's the right move, honestly. Kyrie, LeBron. That'll be a, a duo. I mean, and I think LeBron James is an absolute superhuman. We've got to remember, too, that uh, Magic didn't bring LeBron. He brought 34-year-old LeBron. You know what I mean? He's going to be 35 next season. Um, and while I think he's just has the most disgusting longevity in terms of athleticism of any human being that has ever lived, uh, I, I just... Uh, it's one of those things where I... Pretty soon, LeBron isn't going to be like no debate the best player in the league. You know what I mean? Um, He's my so, go. I mean, 
Hot take, I mean, hot whoa, take. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not, we're not, we're not getting to the goat conversation here. I refuse uh, for at least. <laughs> All right, not yeah, yeah, but that's okay. Um, but LeBron doesn't isn't just like the best player in the league. He also attracts talent. So it's not like you're not getting. But you're getting the, the points from him, it's, but you're also he getting. Up and he moves around a lot, and they're always drowning it. it kind of like turns into a shit show as we saw with the whole like ad thing i don't know it doesn't seem like a lot of people want to play lebron but anyways this wait lebron <laughs> moves around a lot what do you mean because lebron does not move around a lot this he's only been on his fourth team his third yeah, cavaliers to miami back to cleveland over to la yes. i mean it's not like he came back to the same Cavs team he left though this is, you know, I mean, like it was completely constructed different, like with the coaching staff, the front office and everything like that. I mean, I, I think it was a class move to go back and win a championship for the boys. But like the uh, like realistically, like he's changed teams four times, which is quite a bit for a superstar level. Right. Or excuse me. A, changed like, teams three times. Well, no, he changed teams four times. He has been on three different teams because he started off Cavs, went to Miami, came back to the Cavs. So that's. You know what I mean? Well, you can't switch teams that first time. So, like, yeah, he went. He got drafted right, yeah, to the he, Cavs. Yeah, he had three, three trades. Yeah, three, three yeah. trades. Which, but it was good trades. It's not like he was demanding to be traded, right? He he did his time. Uh, uh, there, there was sign. He he signed a free agency. He never. I, I'm pretty sure he has had a no trade con- uh, clause in his contract since he was a, like his first not rookie deal. Isn't that noble? Though? Like, you, like you, you don't, you don't, you avoid the situation where, like Kawhi, where you had to like go to social media and be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not enjoying my time and and wherever. Uh, dude, no, I, I mean, this, I think LeBron. This right here, this is a rabbit hole because <laughs> actually, yeah, this conversation yeah. segues into the whole player empowerment thing and like, should you just go wherever you want, whenever you? <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> from what, what I know. <laughs> Let's take a quick detour back to Luke Walton real quick. <laughs> speaking speaking of things not related to LeBron, the playoffs this year. <laughs> All right, All right, we're 10 minutes in already, so quick. yeah, let's hit this. Let's so hit this. Ma- yeah, so Magic Johnson, um, apparently they he wanted to get rid of Luke Walton was the whispers that I heard. Um, and apparently the Lakers were thinking of amicably parting ways with Luke Walton. Luke Walton also had some other plans and he actually had a deal with the Sacramento Kings, uh, the head coaching position before he even left the Lakers facility. So, you know, he met with, um, he met with the Lakers ownership, basically sat down like, yeah, guys, we're cool. And, you know, on the way out the door, oh, sweet. I got a job with the Kings. So he's going to be in Sacramento next year with uh, Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox. Um, I don't leave Buddy be- Hield's name out of that conversation. Yeah, well, <laughs> Buddy see, Buckets. This is this is why I have you, Eric, to, to cover up my mistakes. Um, I think right, that's so- a great destination for Luke Walton because it's like a young, up and coming team that like can really sauce, and I think he could learn a lot with that team uh, yeah, in terms I of like coaching. The Kings this year. I actually can't wait to watch them again next year. I wanted to see them in the playoffs. I did, I did too, especially just because, I mean, the poor Kings, like, their front office made some mistakes a few years ago. I mean, it, it is what it is. But, like, 
that that poor franchise has not had a fucking playoff like appearance since they drafted Boogie Cousins, and Boogie's like what twenty seven now. Shout out to the Orlando Magic first playoff game in seven years. <laughs> wait, but wait, 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 wait. Let, let's step back. You would, I would rather see the Spurs or the Clippers in the playoffs than the Kings. That's my opinion. Uh, dude, the Kings are just so fun. Like I, I like De'Aaron Fox. Marvin Bagley was great. I, they just like meshed as a team. That's what I really love to watch. Yeah, I, I, I definitely like the Kings. I just, I, I think. I think everybody that went to the playoffs, like rightfully so, did. Oh, they definitely yeah. deserve to be there. Obviously. You know, that's what yeah. the win record shows us. But maybe next year. Maybe next year. I mean, um, frankly, everyone barring any team named the Phoenix Suns uh, in the West, I would be happy to see in the playoffs. I mean, I would also like to see the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs. Yeah, but, me like, too. <laughs> they're just they're six years away from being six years away at this point. Like. <laughs> Maybe in my children's life. Oh, <laughs> Maybe when Devin Booker turns 32, he'll realize, fuck, I need to get out of here. Uh, he's out. He's, he's already uh, out. All right. So you guys ready to move on to the second piece of news? Yeah. yeah. All right. So the second piece of news is DeMarcus Boogie Cousins uh, just got an injury last night in game two of the Clippers Warriors uh, playoff series. Um Eric's going to jump more in depth into the game coverage, but as far as Boogie's injury goes, uh, it just came out today. He tore his quad um, while he was sprinting down uh, down the um, and happened about half court while he was chasing after a loose ball. Um, and I was doing a little bit of reading on the injury, and uh, Ron Krojcik, I think I pronounced that right, uh, from the San Francisco Chronicle um, posted an article today or yesterday. Um, about the injury, basically a couple other players that had the same thing happen to them is Charles Barkley, Blake Griffin, Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard, and Victor Ole. Um, the recovery time for a torn quadricep is typically about six plus weeks of recovery. Um, and if they rupture the tendon, they need to get surgery, which is what happened to Tony Parker and Victor Oladipo. Um, they had to sit out some extra time for recovery on that one. And the torn quad actually pretty much ended Charles Barkley's career. Um, but Boogie, after just coming off of an injury last year, like we were just talking about this before. the, um, I watched the Pelicans last year in the playoffs with Anthony Davis. And Boogie Cousins was on that team. And I thought he played in that series. But, you know, he was out for another injury last year. Do you remember what injury it was, Eric? Uh, yeah, it was a torn Achilles, um, and he actually had um, a lot of people were questioning whether or not he'd even be back this year. Yeah, uh, just because Achilles injuries are like one of the worst injuries you can get as a professional basketball player, and especially as someone who is like, I mean, what is he six? I mean, on listed as six eleven and like two hundred and sixty pounds, like that's a lot of man. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> a whole lot of dude on top of that yeah um but yeah so boogie's out with an injury he's definitely not coming back for the playoffs um (laughs) they said there's like he might be able to come back for the end of the finals if they go to like game seven or some shit like that and i was like why bother (laughs) yeah six weeks he was two games in and got in one like 
Well, let's I, not I let's would, not be so fast to assume the Warriors are going to the finals. By the way. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, no. The Clippers are one one. Point, man. The Clippers did beat them. Uh, all right. No. It's, all right. Caesar. Caesar needs to be brought back to reality. <laughs> the Clippers had Which a great, great game. Won me a lot of money, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't think you're walking out of that series up against Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, if they took an L to the eighth seed, you know that, that's. I mean, but the Clippers you know, have you, been like I, arguably one of the best teams in the Western Conference this year. Yeah, they, I mean, they're, before they're, they they're traded, eighth best. There, yeah, yeah, at least like, the eighth. Yeah. Well, they. <laughs> They were higher up there, you know, earlier in the season. They fell towards the end, but they, they were, they, I think they were in like the top four at one point, weren't they? Uh, yeah, they, uh, I think they actually had the first seed for like a week. They, yeah, they made it like up to the top of the board there for, you know, a little stretch. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we saw like they're clearly a talented team and they got good teamwork. I actually like, I like Patrick Beverly, but it, we'll cover that in a little bit. Um, so yeah, Boogie Cousins out for probably the rest of the playoffs. There's a good chance we're not going to see him come back. Uh, he might just be resting it until next season and praying he gets a contract. Uh, I think the Warriors have him on a one-year deal. It's like $5 million or something. Yeah, it's, uh, it was the minimum level exception because they're significantly mm-hmm. with the cap space. Um, yeah, I mean, he bet on himself because uh, he, he went back and said he didn't get offered enough money and the Pelicans were like, yo, we offered him a two-year, I think it was like a team option, uh, two-year, $20 million a year, so $40 million total. total. Um, and he got a couple offers similar in that time, like in that spectrum, but he wanted to bet on himself, uh, win a championship, win a chip. Uh, he had all the luxury in the world of taking time to recover because it's not like the Warriors need a fifth superstar. Uh, so yeah. they... <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, he was able to take his rehab process slowly, um, and he was hoping that, like, oh, he had a good season, he comes off a championship season, uh, and comes back, and he gets a max off from somewhere else. Um, but, unfortunately, I mean, he bet on himself, and uh, Lady Luck is a, is a cruel mistress. She can be a bitch. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, well, good news is we got some to kind of run through and give the summaries real quick. I mean, there's what do we got? Six, seven games we got to go through, and there's a lot to talk about. Um, so we're kind of just going to drink from the fire hose and try and summarize everything we can. Just give me the spark notes. Um, so I'm going to cover uh, the first game, which was Orlando Magic versus Toronto Raptors. Uh, this is a special one for me. Uh, being that I live here in Orlando and had dubbed myself an Orlando Magic fan. Uh, I mentioned in the first pod, my buddy Rafi is uh, from Canada. He reps the Raptors, so I went over to his house to watch this game. Had a good time watching his heartbreak. Um, <laughs> it was quite enjoyable. Uh, it's not going to be so fun to talk to him tomorrow because as we're talking right now, the Magic just lost to the Raptors by 29 points, but... We'll save that for another day. I still got to go back and watch the watch the tape. But game one, Magic, I, you know what? I, I can't even say all of the Magic. DJ Augustine came out hot. This man played 30 minutes, 25 points. Um, he went nine for 13, 
uh, and field goal. Four out of five three-pointers. Like, every time we needed to pull ahead, every time we just needed a bucket, something to shut the Raptors down. DJ was there with the deep one for us. He was fantastic to watch. Um, he was three out of four on free throws. Um, two rebounds, six assists, one steal, and no blocks. Um, he was a <laughs> plus five uh, during the game. Um, but, man, he really just took over. And I didn't know it at the time, but I went back and read a couple articles on the Athletic and Bleacher Report after the game. And a lot of people were talking about DJ Augustine. Um, basically, he was on the Raptors about six years ago, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. Um, but he was on the Raptors, and they basically just let him go. Um, they they weren't liking what he was doing. They let him go, and it four teams in the next six years before landing uh, at the Magic, which I'm hoping – is a long-term destination for him because I just love watching this dude play. Um, he's so quick. He's so agile. Like his lateral movement speed is great. Um, uh, Dylan, he's got quick. everything I like. Yeah. Um, do you? Because you watched the game. Do you? Because I I didn't catch it live. Do you know if DJ Augustine was Kyle Lowry's pri- like primary defender throughout that game? Uh, I want to say he was on Kawhi, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Honestly, you didn't even need to guard Kyle Lowry in that first game. He was invisible. Didn't even show up to the arena. Um, well, I mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Cause like, uh, I mean, DJ might've been playing underrated defense that we're not talking about here. I mean, holding a guy that's getting paid $30 million a year to zero points in a playoff game is, uh, like while doing everything else he did on the offensive end, uh, is pretty damn impressive. Yeah, no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he was guarding Kawhi, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um, I can look in, but yeah, I mean Kyle Lowry, tough look for him. 34 minutes, made no buckets, <laughs> no goals, no three pointers. He was 0 for seven uh, field goals, 0 for six three pointers, and 0 for two on free throws. Um, he did have seven rebounds and eight assists. How he was a plus 11, I'm not sure. Like, you didn't put any points on the board as one of, like, the top three guys on your team. Three, four guys. Eh, it's a rough look. Um, but the other guys on the Magic that came through for us, uh, Evan Fournier, um, he was shooting eh, under 50%, like 40, 45-ish range. Uh, he was 7 for 18 field goals. Two for five three-pointers, didn't have any free throws. Um, two rebounds, two assists, nothing great there. Oh, but he put also, some points in the board. I was uh, I was corrected because I pronounced uh, Evan's last name that way for a while. Um, and someone corrected me uh, that spoke French, and it's Evan Fournier. Fournier. Dude, and you know what? I actually had this debate with someone this week. Oh, yeah? <laughs> because everywhere I hear his name, like even in the stadium sometimes, they say Fournier, and it fucks with me because I read his name, and I'm like, dude, that's Fournier. And everyone pronounces it wrong, and I've just been like conditioned to say it wrong at this Evan, in the event that you hear this, I'm so sorry. I'll get it right one of these days. I'll try and start setting the record straight for you. But only if you hear <laughs> Together, this. Together, we will change. Only uh, if you hear this. <laughs> it's uh, technically Fournier, not even Fournier. It's Fournier. 
Warren According A. to basketball restaurant, okay. uh, uh, basketball restaurant, basketball reference. <laughs> restaurant. Evan, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> at the walk-ons pod or at the walk-ons. Meet, meet up with me. We can discuss this in length and <laughs> start setting the record straight for the good people of Orlando. Um, <laughs> Aaron Gordon, 34 minutes, uh, 30% from the field. Uh, two for two and three pointers, two for two and free throws, seven, I'm sorry, 10 rebounds, three assists, um, 10 points. Basically everyone on the magic had like 10 or 11 points, except for DJ Augustine, who just blew up. He was, um, Jonathan Isaac, man, I thought was doing a really good job on defense. He had three blocks and no steals. Actually, Aaron Gordon had three steals as well. So yeah, they, they were doing a pretty good job on D. Um, Vucevic had some good rebounds for us. Tough shooting night. Three for 14 from the field, which sucks because like you're in the paint and in the post. that You're the closest to the basket, my dude. We I've seen you do better than this. I'm not going to hold it against you. Um, I mean, they, they bodied him. That was their entire defensive scheme. Was yeah, man, which they clearly fucked up because DJ was just going ham. Um, <laughs> 25% from three. He only took four shots. Not a big. Um, and then, yeah, off the bench, Terrence Ross. Rough night uh, shooting. He was two for 11 from the field, one from five from three, which was a little disappointing because, you know, the human torch. That's my favorite thing is every time you need a bucket, especially in the Amway Center, give it to T. Ross. He's going to get us a wet one. And everyone's going to go nuts. So hopefully <laughs> when they make it back to the Amway st- uh, Center, um, you know, he'll, he'll turn it on for that. I actually have tickets to game four. So I'm going to be sitting about five rows back um, from the court. So that's going to be sick. I can't wait. Uh, but he was 100% for three throws, five for five. Um, he got us 10 points, um, had six rebounds, two assists. Then we get down to the Raptors. And this is pretty much exactly what I thought was going to happen with the Raptors. Um, Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard carried them. Um, Siakam had 24 points. Kawhi had 25. Um, Both of them, Pascal shot 50% from the field. Um, Kawhi was 10 for 18, so he was just above 50%. Uh, Siakam 0 for 4 from 3. Kawhi was 3 for 5 from 3. Siakam, nine rebounds. Kawhi, six. Uh, Siakam, four assists. Kawhi, three. So they pretty much put in work for the Raptors. Uh, Marcus All had 13 points. He was five for nine on the field, two for five from three, and one for two for three free throws. One thing I did notice about this, I think the Magic got more calls than they should have. Like I don't know. And especially tonight, like watching game two. <laughs> Toronto was pissed at the refs, man. And like watching game one, I thought there was a couple calls like, hey, I'm not going to say any magic are up. But I think the Raptors kind of got screwed on a couple calls. And it showed um, because free throws, the magic got 20 and they shot 90%. They were 18 18 for 20 free throws. And the Raptors only got 14 and they were nine for 14. So they were 64.3%. Um, so that was kind of a tough look for them. Uh, 
really the big difference maker was, you know, obviously the free throws, the magic got nine extra points and the three pointers, the magic made 14 for 29. They were 48.3%. The Raptors were 12 for 36. They were 33.3%. Um, so, you know, those, those two extra, that's an extra six points and the Raptors lost by, so kind of a tough look for them, but they made it up in game two. Um, but yeah, man, just a great night for DJ Augustine really came out hot. Great game to watch. They were just going back and forth. Every time Kawhi would make one DJ would just get ramped up and come back and get us a quick bucket. Um, yeah, great game. And everyone was, um, but all right, I'm going to give up the floor. Caesar's going to take over for us. He's going to go over nets and sixers. Yeah. Game one of nets and sixers. Um, right now, uh, it's one and one, but, um, I'll go over that a little bit in the end, but yeah, I love this game. I'll go ahead and summarize like the highlight players, the minutes and things like that. But, um, yeah, I bet on this game personally and the return was like crazy because you know, 76ers, they were huge favorites. I mean, like you can't lose the freaking nets. Right. But anyways, I think the best player on the Nets was Ed, excuse me, Ed Davis. He was blocking. He was doing all sorts of stuff. He had 25 minutes, five out of seven uh, field goals on the field. He was killing it, and I loved when he was on the field. Just, uh, just was hot the entire game. Whenever he came on as a bench player, DeAndre Ed Russell. Davis. <laughs> I appreciate you recognizing Ed Davis. Oh, I mean, I saw it with my own eyes. Like, I didn't know who he was coming in, but I was like, all right, this dude's a baller. Uh, D'Lo, uh, D'Angelo Russell was kind of like not that hot until the end of the, the game. I mean, um, he started off kind of like... He had like, a really rough first half. Yeah, and um, he played 29 minutes, made less than half of his field goal attempts, and, um, and only two out of six three-pointers but towards the end you could tell he was kind of rallying back and his team was just pulling him up it's really the team effort and not just like uh d'angelo russell really like uh pulling them forward but no he was awesome towards the end of the game uh and you know i don't think i I think basketball players train train and train about not tilting themselves because if they did like that'd be crazy um oh yeah yeah man like huge part of it is man Right. It's like the mental game. And I feel like that was this somewhat because when your superstars yeah, aren't doing I, well, it's like the coach has to kind of step in, take them out maybe for a couple minutes or something, you know. But OK, so here's a question for you, uh, for you guys, really. So D'Angelo Russell was 10 for 25 in yeah. 29 minutes. So he was taking a lot of shots uh, for yeah. that team. Shooter shoot. Shooter shoot, but I mean, 25 shots is still a lot. And he is the guy. Like, I was really expecting D'Angelo to come out in that first half, like, hot. Um, Yeah, me too. And obviously, it didn't happen. He missed a lot of shots in the first half. Um, But do you, like, I think, I don't know, maybe in hindsight, it might not be such a great idea idea for him to take that many shots when he's not hot but honestly the fact that he took 25 shots like even when he wasn't making them he still must have had the mindset like all right i missed this one but i'm gonna get the next one um like i you know you just gotta believe in yourself and like get hot 
I'm telling so, you, man. I, I think it's kind state. of a good thing for him. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a lot of mental state. But I think that's what he was trying to do is just like overcome that, you know, whatever obstacle he had in that first half um, that was keeping him from shooting. And, you know, he did a lot better in the second. Um, but, yeah, I think taking a lot of that shots was kind of a ballsy move. Yeah, but at the same time, if you are that guy, you got to you got to like be that guy, you know. Even when you're 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 uh, not doing so great, so yeah, I like how he was taking so many shots because his teammates. I mean, might as well let him shoot, get, uh, get you know some some uh, reps in essentially, and then the second half, I feel like that's what helped him, like just shooting and shooting, and then when he was like relaxed and like, because this is like his first playoff game, right? So, kind of gets also. If it's not D'Lo taking that many shots, who is taking that many shots in the Nets? Right, exactly. They passed the D'Lo to shoot, right? So that and is Dinwiddie. true. Karis LeVert, yeah. And Dinwiddie, I mean, don't get me wrong. Dinwiddie's a bucket, but he is definitely more of a, a point guard than D'Lo is, I would say, in terms of like uh, pass-first mentality, I guess, is a better way of phrasing that. Yeah, but, but the ballers here was Ed Davis for sure. Um, with the plus and minus plus 28 and um and if we go to the sixers side i mean they were missing one player that night his name's ben simmons and we don't know if he (laughs) we don't know if he showed up to the arena in the stands or something but he was not not on the field there uh, they did roll call and we just heard crickets yeah he did not say here when his name was called (laughs) Uh, but no, Butler, Jimmy Butler was fucking, was in there. He played 39 minutes more than any of the Nets players and he, he balled out. I mean, he, he was a baller right there and, um, Jimmy Butler was going off for them. Like he was exactly what they needed in that game. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough for them. Like, yeah. Embiid had kind of a rough first half, but Jimmy Butler, man, he was taking some some sick shots. They really just needed to get um, Redick like a little hot. I feel like, and then it would have worked out. Just because, yeah, man, JJ made like he made all in all. He he was two for seven from the field and one for four from three pointer um, for three. And yeah, I was watching that game, and every time they passed him the ball, he missed it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with JJ Redick right now? He's got five points. Right. I felt exactly. the same way about Tobias Harris too. Like I I'm a Tobias Harris like. I'm a big fan of his, um, and he just, he, I mean, I looked into it a little further. He's been real streaky shooting wise since he even got to the Sixers. But like, I mean, for someone who I thought was going to get a max contract extension shooting, like, what was it? Like one for four or one for six from three that game. That's, that's weird. It's spoopy. Yeah. And in game one, Tobias Harris was oh for two from three and two for seven from the that's he was basically the same as JJ Redick minus a three pointer. Right, exactly. Um, and you know, it's it's kind of understandable as well, just because like I feel like they um, underestimated the Nets, and it's the first series. I I think they did underestimate them. Um, Honestly, what really crippled them was Joel Embiid. Like, you could see 
just a couple minutes into that first quarter, like they were saying he's, uh, what was it knee soreness or something like that? Like his knee, um, his knees were bothering him and you could see he hit the ground like four times in that first quarter. And there was one, I think it was the last one, the fourth one, maybe where like he hit the deck, everyone ran to the other side of the court and he needed to get back on defense. And he was just like slow getting back there. He took his time. And then they took him out and um, they took him out man, just a couple minutes into the second quarter. And, uh, you know, they, the, uh, the casters were asking about like where Joel Embiid went. And apparently they took him back into the locker. Um, they were doing like heat activation for his knees to keep him warm and basically just save his minutes in the second quarter. So he could come out in the third and put some numbers on the board for him. What, you know, he did. He finished the game with 22 points. Um, but, yeah, he, I think if he was there the entire time, if he played 39 minutes with Jimmy Butler, I don't think the Nets would have got that first game. But, yeah, I mean. You're right. I could see how that could swing in that way. I think the Sixers yeah. just needed to get somebody hot on, like, uh, their three-point shooting because um, Mike Scott – shot eight times only made one of those attempts like you gotta nobody was getting hot and it showed so including Embiid which took five threes made none Redick only made one of four like yeah so this statistically um the Sixers from the field were 35 of 86 that's 40.7 percent three pointers they were three Twenty-five. That is twelve percent. That is bad. That's yeah, like his career threes, <laughs> <laughs> except for better. Pew pew. Um. Yeah. Free throws. They were twenty-nine for forty-two. They're sixty-nine percent. And if we flip over to the Nets, you can see that you're pretty much exactly right, Caesar. Um. From Field goal range, two pointers. They shot almost exactly the same. Uh, Philly shot 86. Brooklyn shot 88. They were 38 of 88 for two pointers, which is 43.2% from the field. They were 11 for 26. So they shot one more three than the Nets, but made eight more. And that put them at 42.3% from three. Um, And they got significantly less. Uh, they, They were. Uh, they had 26 free throws and they were 24 for 26, which is 92.3%, which that was good. They were hitting all those. They needed them. Uh, yeah. if, if the, Billy, if the yeah. Sixers like made some more free throws, they could have won this game. I mean, Ben Simmons. 20% from Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Can you believe that? Like, Jesus. Guys, he's still a rookie. Chill out. <laughs> well, I'd... Is this a good segue into game? Can we hit that now? Game uh, two? Yeah. Uh, real quick on game two. I don't know if you guys caught it. Did you see the potential attempted murder from Joel Embiid to poor Jared yes. Allen's chin? It is in my notes. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't Caesar, watch the you, game, but... Okay. So right, guys let's could flip talk over to game two. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I just watched that one last night. There's a lot to talk about in that one. Um, all right, so we're going to flip over to Sixers game. Um, they're still playing in Philadelphia. 
Uh, game three will be in Brooklyn, so we'll see how that sh- shakes out for the Nets. But game two of the Brooklyn Nets Philadelphia 76ers series was a crushing defeat for the Brooklyn Nets. They did not have a good time last. Um, <clears throat> for the Nets, honestly, the guy that I really liked watching, he, I mean, he only made three buckets, but I, they were a big three to, um, was Karuks. Uh, homeboy got, he shot a three, bounced off the rim, and, you know, the, I, I don't know what happened, but, Everyone just kind of like stood there in the paint and looked at it. They were like, there was a nice gap that Philadelphia left for him. And he just runs in, jumps up, like one hand grabs his own, throws it down on him. I don't know who this dude is, but I'm watching him. I'm in on this. Anyone that catches their rebound and slams it back over Joel Embiid, cool in my book. He's also a rookie. Um, Interesting fact. I didn't even realize he was a rookie. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, yeah they found him some obscure place like so some know, Eastern Estonia European or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Magic wouldn't have Ukraine found him. or so. Um, That's what we know. But yeah, so he hit that dunk. He had a long two, and then I think he had another dunk as well. Um, but yeah, didn't hit any threes. He was over two from three, and he got uh, uh, two for two free throws. Um. It's just a tough game for the Sixers. Uh, D'Angelo Russell went six for sixteen uh, from uh, from the field, three of seven for three pointers. So he was just under fifty percent, um, one for one free throws. So D'Angelo Russell had sixteen points. Um, the highest score on the Brooklyn Nets was Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> nineteen <laughs> points. He shot 50% from the field. He was 8 for 16, 3 of 7 uh, from 3. Uh, he missed his one free throw. Um, but yeah, man, he was the only one putting up buckets for the Nets last Um Karis LeVert had 13 points. Um, he was 3 for 8 uh, from the field, 2 for 4 from 3-point land. Um, so he was shooting just just under 50%. But he made all his three free throws. He was five for five. Um, and then Jefferson yeah, basically shot 50%, uh, made all but one free throw. He was five for six, got 15 buckets for him. The Sixers. <laughs> ben Simmons had a renaissance, man. He, I, I'm hoping he took game one personally. The fact that the Philadelphia crowd was booing him in his own arena. <laughs> Um, and they just benched his ass. He came back for game two looking pretty strong. Um, he was eight for 12 from the field. Basically, all of those were drives to the best. Uh, he was getting up there with the layups. He had a couple dunks, uh, and he was two for four from free throws. Ben Simmons was actually a lot of fun to watch last night. He had a good game. Um, Joel Embiid played 21 minutes, but it was a big 21 minutes for him. He got 23 points. Uh, he was eight for 12 from uh, from the field, and seven for eight for three thro- free throws. Um, then <laughs> to put the icing on the cake and give me an extra spec um, after being blown away by the resurgence of Ben Simmons, uh, just like Eric mentioned a couple minutes ago, Joel Embiid <laughs> throws the elbow 
and catches Jared Allen right on the chin. Gets a flagrant one. Uh, the refs were sitting there for a couple of minutes trying to debate whether it was a flagrant one or a flagrant, uh, flagrant two. Um, basically, the difference between the two, flagrant one, the other team gets uh, two free throws. Um, for it, It's basically like unnecessary contact, um, accidental, air quotes sometimes. Um, flagrant two is basically excessive uh, excessive contact. Like, it it may as well have been planned. Premeditated contact. Um, if it was a flagrant two, Joel Embiid would have been thrown out the game. They only gave him a flagrant run, which, surprise, surprise, like, um, the Philadelphia arena was booing the ref for that one. I'm, I think it was a pretty reasonable call. Uh, but the funny thing was, during the, uh, the halftime show, um, Shaq and Charles Barkley, well, really the whole analyst desk was arguing back and forth about if it was the right call. Shaq said no. You know, for big guys, it's different because you turn around and you're fucking seven foot 11 or whatever, and somebody's head just happens to be right there, which I, I can understand. I'm six foot two. It feels like a lot of people around me are like five feet tall, and some shit like that accidentally happens on, uh, on a semi regular basis. So I get where he's coming from. Um, but that was just hilarious to watch. They replayed that like four or five times, and it was it was a rough hit for Jared Allen. But he took it like a, um, Joel drew some blood on him. We just appreciate up. that he hopped back up, smiling and clapping. <laughs> like what yeah, a man, I, he took it like a champ. Like he was he was about it. Like Jared Allen was, lost, and I like. Um. And yeah, so Joel Embiid had a good game. Uh, through elbows, um, you know he was literally fighting people just like you would expect of the Philadelphians. Uh, ben Simmons had a good comeback. Not a great game for Jimmy Butler. He was on the floor for thirty minutes. He only made seven points. Uh, he was three for ten Oof. from the field. Didn't make a he had didn't make a three pointer. He was zero for one, um, and he was one for two on free throws. But that was kind of balanced out because JJ Redick made a. You know, he made five points in the first round, basically didn't hit the broad side of a barn. Um, but he had 17 points this game. He was seven for 12 uh, field goals um, and two for five from three and got one uh, free throw. He was one for one on that. Um, so he came back and scored them some good points. Uh, Tobias Harris also had 19 points, so he kind of made a little comeback as well. He shot. Just under 50% uh, from the field. He was 5 for 12, and he shot 50% from 3. So he was 2 for 4 on that. Um, but yeah, if we if we look at the stats, um, the shooting stats for these two teams during this game, Brooklyn took 90 shots, 90 field goals. They were 47.8%, um, 36 threes. They were 40% on that. And 29 uh, free throws. They were 75.9% on that. Billy, on the other hand, took eight more uh, field goals. They were 98. And they shot 56.1%. Um, Three-pointers, they shot statistically slightly less. Um, Brooklyn took 36. Philly took 23. Uh, but they made nine of them, so they were 39%. And... They four more free throws than Brooklyn did. Um, they were 81.3%. So 
They made 26 of those. Yeah, man, that was a great game to watch. Had Joel Embiid through elbows. Ben Simmons came back and was attacking the rim. It was pretty cool to watch. J.J. Redick was draining them all over the place. Um, And the fourth quarter, man. Like, Well, I I guess it really started in the third quarter. Philly got a 31-point lead. And about two minutes into the fourth quarter, just benched everybody. Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick, like they threw the bench out there to finish up the game and still finished with a 22-point lead. So it was a rough night for Brooklyn. Uh, Really good night for you if you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Um, All right, so So that uh, pretty much wraps it up for the second uh, Sixers game. Yeah. You guys want to hop over to Thunder's Trailblazers? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that one. Because that one's interesting. Dude, this one was a... Well, uh, it was a fun game to watch. I'm going to say it. Like, Portland was great. Um, Thunder had a little bit more of a rough time. I was kind of hoping we'd see some more out of uh, out of Paul George. But, you know, they were saying four or five days before this game, he couldn't lift his uh, shooting arm, his right arm. Uh, above his shoulder so i could see how being a professional basketball player that might hinder you in some way um but yeah the stats show it but the thunder did not have a good night um so who wants to take us into trailblazers um i could do it i I could take a game one of the trailblazers versus um oklahoma sitting thunder and the second game's happening right now so i could dive into that a little bit maybe at that very end but no the trailblazers were actually like awesome i really like Cantor and um how they meshed as a team dame obviously and cj mccall mccall i believe or mccallum uh they were just, just all like really meshing well together i really like the energy that their team put on i don't think westbrook's as good as they say but we'll see uh, as a series Dude. goes through and also i think seth curry is like underrated but he's not as good as uh as he thinks he is but we'll see how he, he goes through the series i really like the whole team and um and i hope they take the series yeah it was um it was a really fun game to watch. Um, I was kind of expecting the Thunder to come in and just kind of clap on the Trailblazers. Um, you know, I thought the Westbrook Paul George combo uh, was going to be in full swing, um, but like I said, Paul George wasn't at a hundred percent. His shoulder was giving him some trouble. He had the KT tape like all over his shoulder. That was the first thing I noticed when the game started is how taped up he was. Um, but, but who yeah, do you man. think the be- the best player on the on the OKC was that night? On the Thunder. On OKC, I think it had to be Russell. And like you think so, so in the beginning of the game, yeah, in the first quarter, um Russell Westbrook wasn't really doing a whole lot. Um he you know, he was trying to get assists, he was getting rebounds obviously, you know, that's that's what he does. Um he was getting that triple double. Um but yeah, he was getting the rebounds. He was making assists, but he wasn't really scoring for them in the first quarter. And I think what some of that was is he was kind of trying to get Paul George going. Um, Paul George and Steven Adams. Um, Westbrook had a couple nice 
nice drives to the basket. And, you know, about halfway to the rim, he got a nice bounce to Steven Adams. Uh, like two of them resulted in some sweet dunks for them. But, dude, Ennis Cantor was all over Adams. I I think the Thunder played okay. You know, Westbrook had a good night once he realized, like, Paul George was kind of struggling. You know, he took it more on himself to uh, to attack the basket and get him those those easy two buckets because, um, you know, three-point shooting. 0 for 4, clearly not Russell Westbrook's thing, 0%. Um, but, yeah, I mean, really, it was just a great night. Like, if we look at this here, you mentioned uh, Ennis Cantor, Damian Lillard, and C.J. McCollum combined had 74 points out of the 104 they had. Inter- Pretty big deal. Um, Interesting thing about the, uh, the Ennis, or Ennis Cantor um, – him doing really well is so he I don't I don't know if you guys remember the mustache bros meme with Stephen Adams and him on the Thunder a while ago, but Billy Donovan they um, went over it in the game. Yeah, <laughs> Billy Billy Donovan, uh, his quotes were brought back up. I saw it on Reddit where he said that he thought Ennis Cantor was basically unplayable in the playoffs because of how bad his defense was and you weren't outside of the paint. Um, so of course it seems like Billy Donovan in all of his capacity for running good plays uh, decided that the best idea was to post him up the entire game. The one thing he said he was decent on in defense. Uh, so I, I'm not a huge fan of Ennis Kenter. Just, uh, I don't know. Uh, his defense is kind of bad most of the time, but uh, I am a fan of uh, poetic justice happening to uh, Billy Donovan. Oh yeah. That's another thing. It's like, um, this is this is his old team. He got traded away and he was pretty upset when that happened. So I feel like it's a it's kinda like a like a redemption game for him. Yeah, how do yeah, you it is yeah, it was like a revenge game for him. So here's my question. Um do you think being on OKC, like he played right alongside Steven Adams, I think that obviously had to make it easy sorry, uh easier for him um, you know, to guard down low. Like probably knows a couple of his tricks and man, he was all over Adams. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely liked how, uh, Cantor played. I think I posted it in the discord that, uh, Cantor just played better than Adams, but I think Steven Adams is just better than Cantor. Uh, which, yeah. which I, I yeah. like Steven Adams is like huge and he's fucking he's a he's a beast of man and i love him but uh dude, his tattoos are sick yeah, <laughs> dude. every time i see him i think of uh i think of jason momoa like he looks like yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah go ahead eric he's also the funniest person in the nba if you haven't ever seen clips of him during interviews i would recommend it uh regardless if you're an nba fan or not he's just a. Uh, He's the most classic, like, kind of witty Kiwi guy because um, he's from New Zealand. Uh, and he's got a really interesting life story. He's, he's another one of my favorite players. Uh, I just like really obscurely good role players for some reason. But, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a character. Um, I have seen clips of him just, like, doing some weird shit on the court, like hugging players and things like that, which which makes him me like him a little bit more just because he's like weird like that. Like he'll hug a player, like do some really weird uh, shit like that. I don't know. 
But uh, we should probably move on to the Warriors game now that we're 55 minutes in already. All right, so Warriors game. Uh, game one went exactly as everyone expected. Uh, I'm not – the only blip I'm going to comment on it is that uh, it was Boogie Cousins' first career playoff game, which I found fascinating. And uh, that was uh, – Steph Curry went off, um, and it was brought up afterwards that Steph Curry has averaged like 37 points against the Clippers in playoff games, which is absurd. Um, but what we really want to talk about here, right, is uh, game two – with the biggest comeback in playoff history, the Clippers Hold just dis- Hold up one second. There is one more thing we are leaving out of game that, honestly, I've just loved talking about for like the last two days. It just put a smile on my face. Patrick Beverly and Kevin Durant getting injected. Oh, no. We're- I, for one, I was getting to it. that. <laughs> well, that was game one, so. Yeah, I mean, and he kept up his fucking antics on game two. It's uh, like, all there's a bunch of memes on Reddit about it. But yeah, I mean, Patrick Beverly literally took a page out of Tony Allen's book and just harassed the absolute living hell out of uh, Kevin Durant. And I love to see it, uh, just because <laughs> Patrick Beverly is like a like a pretty normal sized guy. Like he's listed six one, but like realistically, he's like probably five yeah, eleven. I thought it was so hilarious, like watching that game to see that. I was like, wait a minute. Is Patrick Beverly actually guarding Kevin Durant? Like, is that did they switch? Like, is this a thing? I like they're actually he's actually guarding KD. I was looking at him standing side by side. He's like a foot shorter. Like, it's so funny to look at. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, oh, man, he was just all over him, just being annoying as hell, and it was so funny to watch. I loved it. Where is it? I'm trying to think, find uh, Patrick Beverly's uh, draft measurements because. He's got like a freakishly long wingspan, um, but he was uh, – he's definitely under six foot, if I had to guess, which is just nuts to me because Kevin There's Durant no is closer way to Patrick seven. Beverly's under he, six feet. He's seven feet tall. No, no, Patrick Beverly, not Kevin Durant, uh, Caesar. No, but, yeah, but he's not under six foot. All right, we're – hold on. I'm pulling up the draft measurements. I'm getting the Carfax. 5'11 and a half. Oh, no. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Carfax. If Patrick, he's six foot one, which is pretty close. I mean, no, that's it's his listing, though. But you know what I mean? Like, they got to gotta make him sound taller when they're getting drafted. So uh, the way yeah, NBA that's, that's actually. That's what shoes on. Yeah, NBA measures. Uh, th- their listed height is the measure of their uh, shoe height. Um at the combine, but if you can find, but wouldn't it, it be like, relative? So, like, if Kevin Durant was six foot or seven foot one, then they would both be like six foot. Or then you take away the added height, so Patrick Beverly would probably be like around six foot, and Kevin Look, Durant would be. Look, there's foot. one thing we care about following NBA playoffs, and that's narrative. <laughs> we want him to be five eleven because that means he's Mighty Mouse. He took out KD. He's basically Nate Robinson. Okay, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Patrick Beverly just got under his skin. He just, uh, I forget which analyst said it, but they made a really good point about the way to d- defend taller guys is you got to get in their, their airspace. You just got to make them feel cramped. You got you to gotta act like, like an annoying little like sibling, basically. Um, he used the word crowded. Reminded me of? He, last year when I started watching, um, you know, LeBron was playing against the Pacers. And... Who was on the Pacers, but his now teammate, Lance Stevenson, who is, you know, notorious for just fucking with LeBron. 
Um, and they played back a couple little clips of the two of them, you know, playing against each other in the past. And I thought it was hilarious because Lance Stevenson like gets up like up in his face and he like blows in his ear and does everything he can to piss LeBron off. Kind of felt like what Patrick Beverly was doing. I loved it. It was hilarious. Oh, did you? I think it was during game two, actually. But Patrick Beverly, while Kevin Durant was shooting a free throw, he pretended to fall forward uh, before the, the shot was out. And uh, Kevin Durant, like an 89% career free throw shooter, missed the shot. And in the, in the clip, you can see Kevin Durant asking the ref, is he allowed to do that? Like he, he was <laughs> he he had airspace or he had a uh, real estate in Kevin Durant's head uh, to quote Joel Embiid about Andre Drummond. Um, but kind of uh, hilarious. But they, they have a really interesting lineup, especially uh, I think that the Clippers overall have the best constructed team from top to bottom. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, I mean, not to not to brag on them, but that that Hawks squad where they uh, um, I think it was the, the 2014, 2015 or 2015, 2016 season, the 60 win one. Um, they kind of remind me of them uh, just because I think the Clippers, maybe barring the Pacers or Raptors, have the best bench in the league. They certainly have the two best bench players in the league and uh, sweet Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. Uh, Montrez Harrell is a personal favorite of mine. So is Sweet Lou. Uh, Lou Williams is just a bucket. End of debate. No discussion. Uh, greatest six man of all time. Uh, Montrez Harrell. Um, he's kind of a uh, undersized uh, big man for today's league. I, I, in his uh, pre-draft measurements, he was only measured at uh, only. Um, I say because we're talking about the NBA. Six foot seven um, without shoes on, and he plays a majority of his minutes at center. Um, so he's. He's like he slightly edges out uh, Draymond Green, but his post play is just such a throwback, and he's so damn good at it. Like the second game, he went nine for nine from the field, absolutely just bodied every kind of uh, Bogut, and uh, I think when Draymond was playing center a little bit there, um, no one had an answer for him. Lou Williams just consistently doing Lou Williams things, and then Landry Shamit, the like kind of throwaway uh, under the radar rookie they acquired in the trade from Tobias Harris from the 76ers hit the dagger three to win it. Uh, Landry Shamit has also had a, an incredible rookie season uh, paired with uh, shy Gilgis Alexander, who is now currently playing small forward when he started the season off as point guard. He's definitely got the size for it, but uh, I mean, from top to bottom, this team just doesn't have anybody that you see their names and are like, Oh, that's a star. Maybe other than Lou Williams. Uh, but yeah, just, man. they do good. All right, before uh, before you go further, two things, two questions for you, Eric. Mm-hmm. Number one, what the fuck happened to the Hawks in in three to four years? And number two, do you think the Clippers have any chance of winning against the Warriors? All right, so let me tell you right now where you just went wrong. We're gonna be another hour because Eric's gonna start on the Hawks. So thank you for this. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> They get they got some. Uh, uh, how about some, like a a, a summer a summarization? Yeah, yeah. TLDR. Uh, we lost Millsap and Horford on in uh, s- uh, subsequent years. Uh, we lost uh, the second best coach in the league at me or at least top four best coach in the league in uh, Budenholzer. And they were like, "Well, shit, we never had a superstar to begin with. Let's try to draft one." And uh, that's where they are there. But the second question. Um, well, it was about, uh, do I think the Clippers have any chance in the series? No. Do I think they could sneak away one game, another one, just to, I don't know. I feel like Patrick Beverly just wants it way more than anybody on <laughs> Golden State. Like him alone, he just has so much drive that I would love to see the series go to six games. I don't think the Warriors are going to lose in the round one. But weirder things have happened. Um, the uh, but All right, so answering your two questions, uh, Dylan, you were going to say something about this. Uh, I was just going to say, like, you know, we were talking about the Clippers roster. 
Um, the one guy that I really like watching on here is SGA. Um, I think he's going to be really good. Like this is only his season and he's in game one of the playoffs starting against the Warriors. He's getting a lot of experience right now and I'm really looking forward to see like what happens to his career. Yeah, they have uh, two rookies. They're starting with two rookies, I believe. Yeah. So that's insane. And uh, in that second game, they played in 32 minutes, and I'm so fucking for it. I hate people babying rookies. Like, literally, send them out there, send, feed them to the wolves. Uh, you know what I mean? Like sink or swim kind of scenario. And I love how they're doing that. And they have the confidence in the rookies that are like, "Hey, Landry, I know you're sinking at least three three pointers this game. Everything else, we're cool with it. Uh, SGA, you got like freakishly long arms and are way too big to be playing point guard. So do your thing." Uh, and the fact that they're getting this many minutes in a series against Golden State, I think, says a lot of testament to the Doc Rivers, um, Jerry West, and just kind of their overall uh, culture. I think if the Clippers get a, uh, I mean, <clears throat> Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> uh, I think they can actually pull, like, imagine upgrading from Daniel Gallinari to Kawhi Leonard on your starting lineup. Like, that's a freaking squad right there. <laughs> that is a yeah, team. That would be, yeah, I really like that, actually. So Don't go to but, L.A. Uh, Instead, yeah. <laughs> go to L.A., Kauai. If you, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> don't go, go to the right log, yeah. not the left <laughs> Your but, scheduled times are on the uh, B days, not the A days, Kauai. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if you told these guys, like, you know, when they got drafted, SGA went in the first round. He was the 11th pick. Um, Landry Shamit pulling him up real quick. He was I the think 26th was, pick. Uh, I, was gonna, I thought it was earlier than that, but that's – I mean – Dude, low key, I, I I don't think that drafting like drafting lottery players is kind of like you take the you take the star who's going to make the most money for your team basically. I mean, hopefully they turn up to be the yeah. star. But your bread I, and butter I, is those mid to late round first picks. I agree with you because really it's it's kind of like a lottery because you never know what you're going to get. You don't know 10, <laughs> never know what's going to walk through these doors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, going you know eleventh. In 26, there, there's kind of, I don't want to say like a stigma attached to where you get drafted, but you know, the lower down you are on that list, everyone expects less to come from you. And I wonder if you told these guys like day one, walking right off the, uh, you know, right off the draft stage, like, Hey man, you're going to be playing against KD and Steph Curry in the first round of the playoffs this year. For the Clippers. Oh, Good and luck. by the way, you're, you're gonna be a starter putting up 32 minutes. Like that. Have, have fun, bud. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know if that would terrify them or like get them excited, but shit, that is a long. That's a long way to come in your rookie year. That is a tall glass of water to. to, to that do. is a tall glass of water. Uh. Interesting thing about the uh, the Clippers. Uh, so if you break it down by quarter, Golden State destroyed them in the first half. Um, it was fifty to seventy three at halftime, um, and literally like the Clippers just it's like they just turned on a switch because uh, the first two quarters they scored twenty five twenty five. The second two quarters they scored forty four and forty one, which is how we got that crazy comeback. Um, I mean, frankly, the Golden State Warriors just missed shots. That was what it comes down to. But the boys on the Clippers absolutely performed. Um, and I, I'm looking at their roster. I didn't realize they low-key, I think, had the best, like, 
trade throw-ins and veteran pickups at the end of the season. Like they got J. Michael Green on here, who I believe is part of that Cleveland Cavaliers uh, championship team. They got Wilson Chandler, who just two years ago would have been probably one of my favorite top like three and D wing players. Garrett Temple was a sharpshooter at one point. Um, and like they, they low key have these guys that like they're, they just kind of accumulated them. You didn't really realize what they were doing until you look at them in the playoffs against golden state and going, Oh, what? <laughs> sleeper pick, sleeper pick. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's oh, man. Yeah. They're doing pretty good. <laughs> Honestly, it kind of sucks that, some of these teams have to go home after the first round. Like, it, it, I, what do you guys think if they made like a loser's bracket? It, I think, uh, I don't, really I, know I don't like it. Rope back in, but honestly, like, it, it'd be a lot of fun to just see some of these guys, like, I don't know, try and play their way back in. Maybe the, the, the playoffs are already long enough, yeah. but I like the idea. Uh, if if it went down, what if they cut like, down on the regular season games. I'd be about it. Or if they made the playoffs a best of five series or some shit like that. Like I, I, I like the idea of it. Um, also, uh, last thing on Patrick Beverly before we finish gushing over him. Did you see that clip of him showing Jay Crowder at the end of the regular season how to guard James Harden? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, that that I, I just – Patrick Beverly is just such a – he doesn't he, – he plays and doesn't look like someone that should have made the NBA. And he's literally just made a career off of being like the most annoying guy who can occasionally sink three-pointers. Well, it's fucking working. He gives us inspiration to all of us that's not that are not like six three or four and above. You know what I mean? (laughs) Heard that. That's a life lesson. You can still get to a professional place. You can still be the guy if you're just annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Just annoying as fuck, dude. Just (laughs) crowd your opponent's space. But anyways, all right. So let's let's quickly go over these last couple of games because um, we're over an hour now, uh, actually hour and ten minutes. So um, yeah, what games are we missing? We're missing uh, the Nuggets versus the Spurs I mean, game one. Yeah, uh, I know I, we all didn't watch it, but any comments about that one? Uh, I I want to talk about this more in our next episode because I'm really interested to see where the series goes because I I we talked earlier and I had the hot take where. I actually could see the Spurs gentlemen sweeping the Nuggets just because Popovich is the GOAT coach. He is the Bill Belichick True. of the NBA, and it will take a long time to convince me even a fraction otherwise. Well, the Spurs just lost, yeah. so it's 1-1. So we'll see how that works out. I think the Spurs definitely have a really good chance of taking out the Nuggets, but the Nuggets I, are really good. Yeah, I think this, I think this next week is... You know, basically just going to be like the balancing act. Like round one had a lot of upsets, um, you know, because the high seeds have home court advantage. And, you know, several of these teams came in and, you know, took one on the road, which isn't really normal for like a seventh and eighth seed. A quick note Dude. about that. Do we even consider... um? LA to be like away for the Warriors. Yeah, because you're walking into uh you're walking into and that's the Hornets nest. Like you can hear it when they're uh you know when the game is on, like it if someone when Steph Curry sinks a three, that entire stadium explodes. And I think it'll be the same thing for the for the Clippers Stadium though. Um uh, 
well, one yeah, yeah, but the Clippers don't have like as much of a like fanatic or like I don't know uh, rabid fan base as the as the yeah, the team in I LA mean, is shit, the yeah, like they're they're the new Chicago Bulls right now. Like, oh, I don't watch basketball. I don't really have a team, but I know Steph Curry's good, so I'm right. gonna buy a Golden State Warriors T-shirt. Like, there's a million of those people. Um, Clippers, not so much. They also like they're competing in the same market with the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, what were you about to say, Eric? Uh, two things. One, uh, my comment to you, even saying, "Is it away?" Uh, L.A. traffic. That's all I'm gonna put it at. Uh, two, uh, <laughs> Patrick Beverly. Uh, so he, remember how I said he has a freakish wingspan? Uh, yeah, he has a six seven wingspan, which is uh, depending on whether or not you're taking his height with shoes or shoes off, is <laughs> six to seven inches longer than his body. Like that's like he, he's proportionally very similar to Kawhi Leonard or Giannis Antetokounmpo. I so um, on that note. Oh. Yeah, just for the record, real quick, guys. The one, well, aside from the Spurs, we kind of touched on that a little bit. None of us watched the Spurs game. It you know, came on too late, work and stuff in the morning. Didn't really work out for us schedule wise. Um, but the other thing we just skipped altogether um, was the Bucks Pistons game. Uh, the Pistons, Blake Griffin is out right now. He's kind of their guy. Uh, they're up against the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, no one expects them to come out of this playoff series, and I'm going to say right now it's probably a 4-0 sweep. They're basically um, – but that's just a quick two seconds on that. All right, Mr. Hot Take. Not, I, I, that's not a hot take. The, yeah, I, I, honestly. <laughs> that is ice cold. <laughs> just going to announce it right now. The Bucks are going to 4-0 the fucking the Pistons. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, I would have taken Bucks four over any team they got matched up with in the first round. I I took that, that take out of my freezer. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I yeah. think the Bucks got the East sealed up. Like they got it wrapped up. The Bucks just look way are, too good. And you guys were arguing that here's, Giannis. Here's my take on this. It's all up to the Raptors and the 76ers. I think the 76ers. Are you yeah, sure about dude. that, brother? Did you did you see them? Did you see them lose to the Nets? No, no, I think no, it's no, going to no, be no. the Celtics. Stop, stop this stop, next stop, series stop, against. Stop, stop. <laughs> no, they lost game one, and again, Joel Embiid is like nursing an injury. He's only putting up twenty minutes. He's been playing forty minutes the whole season. He's putting up twenty right now because of that injury. So if you get full Joel Embiid, I'm sorry, Nets don't have a chance. I think they play – if they win that, I think they go up against the Celtics next. Um, I don't think the Celtics have a chance against a healthy MB. Um, against the 76 you know, they're, they're not going against um, the 76ers. They're going against the uh, Raptors or the Magic. Yeah, it's, boys, uh, hot, hot take. Let's save this conversation for next week. I feel like it will be much more interesting after a couple more games. We'll have a lot more to talk about next week. Yeah, yeah we got to get a couple more games up. All I'm uh, saying is, I think the Celtics could, could could take more games off the Bucks than the than the 76ers. That's all I'm saying. We'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. Uh, we'll see because we'll, we'll um, that's the next series. Yeah, yeah. All right, let let's sign out here, boys. Uh, closing thoughts, just quick from each each person. Closing thoughts. Um, 
Okay, okay, let me start this it. off. How are the 76ers going to get to the Bucks when the Nets are going to get it? Get to the Eastern Conference Finals, baby. That's all I'm saying. You know what? I'm also going to take the hot take approach uh, that Caesar's taking. As we recorded, unfortunately, like we said, the Orlando Magic lost by 29 points. But I'm going to go ahead and say Magic in five. <laughs> 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 boy all right all right uh and uh to close off with my last hot take uh ben simmons rookie of the year <laughs> Whew, man all right all right i well. think that's it boys uh, all right guys thanks for listening um it's been a great time uh, we'll be back uh, next week uh, to go over the round twos um, or the rest of the round twos, uh, maybe a couple round threes, depending on, um, you know, when scheduling works out and what time uh, we get to record. But uh, yeah, should be an interesting playoff series. Things are just going to get hotter from here as guys are sweating their positions um, in the series. But yeah, thanks for listening and uh, we will catch you next week. Peace. Peace out.